I'm Mel Stewart, and this is the Swim Swam Podcast. Joining me today, it's a very, very, very special guest, three-time Olympian, Olympic team captain, Olympic champion, Tom Mauchow. <laughs> it's a pleasure to be here, Mel. Thanks for having me. You don't have to sound so excited to be talking to me. I'm just gonna say this in the front end. We've been trying to book you forever. You've been slippery. You've been slipping away. And uh, by the way, we are gonna use video, so you have to look at your camera. I have to look at my camera. Yes. <laughs> you thought it's just gonna be audio. I would say most of the time I do these meetings for work, and I can tune out on the video part. So, hmm. you, did, so you, you didn't wear any makeup. I'm sorry. I did not. What, where's your television makeup? Yeah. Jeez. I should get one of my kids in here and turn me into a clown. <sighs> let, let, let me let me say this. Uh, I don't know too much about what's going on in your personal life. Uh, what, what's, what, what's your career now? I know a little bit, but you, you tell me what your career is. So I've done pretty much the same thing since I left swimming about 15 years ago. So I sell uh, medical device, uh, focus on uh, total hip, total knee, uh, total shoulder, which uh, hopefully uh, a lot of swimmers will not need, but uh, it's good stuff if you do. It's um, my, the, the gentleman who supported me out there in my life was, he worked, he was with Bristol Myers, and became Bristol Myers Squibb, and he was in. That was the business that he was in. So you're making a lot of bank. You're I'm a big well. player. I'm doing well. I, uh, it's been good. It's been good to me. But you know, it's taken 15 years, but it's been good. I'm, I, we're we're going to get in. We're going to get into the nitty gritty and all the good stuff about Tom Malchow because I love Tom Malchow. But I just uh, I wanted to I wanted to say this. I was talking to Steve Gregg. Do you know Steve Gregg, 76 or 200 butterflyer? I know the name. I don't know him, Steve, but I know yeah. the name. Steve, he's a really cool cat, great guy, but he, he was like, um, we were talking about something and it's that people retire and then they, you know, some people never leave swimming. They go on a coach, they do, but you know, some people like you, Olympic stars who have their own little piece of history, they retire and you know, they're not around swimming all too much. They start another career and they, they have another, they have a whole other life and, uh, it seems to me that like you've done that you're uh, you were able to make a, an easy transition into a professional life. Isn't you know, I think that's good. I think, you know, especially I have not had a chance to watch it, but you know, I think coming off of the documentary that Phelps just did, you know, I think it shows that, you know, it is hard to transition and probably more people have a problem with it than don't. And, you know, I think I would say I was fortunate that I had a good plan. I had some good people that kind of mentored me during that transition. I fell into a career that, you know, very different to swimming, but filled, you know, that competitive nature, filled that void in a lot of different ways. And, uh, you know, I had to start at the bottom, but kind of work my way up. But it's, uh, I built it into be a great career. And, you know, I still love it today as much as I did 15 years ago. The, um, we're going to get into a lot, a lot of different stuff. Bringing up Michael Phelps, we have to say this. Um, when you won gold in 2000, he was in the same heat. And it was an exciting race to see you realize your dream and what was coming to you for four years and you were team captain in 2004 so you saw him when he was a little kid you you experienced him uh, and that, that 2004 olympics was you know he won eight medals and uh, that was pretty spectacular so but i want to talk to you about that but i want to go back to the beginning and i knew that you had health i knew you had health issues and i knew you were asthmatic 
And in my research, because I had to go deep into the Googles, your Wikipedia bio, terrible, terrible <laughs> Wikipedia bio, your swim swim bio, 10 times better. I even went to the International Swimming Hall of Fame bio, and then I went deeper and deeper and deeper. I didn't know that you had been hospitalized quite a lot, almost eight or nine times. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, I think if uh, you talk to John or you talk to my parents, um, my parents came into Michigan for Parents Weekend my freshman year, and they drove in from Minnesota to Michigan, and they pulled into town, and they had a voicemail um, from John, uh, or maybe it was a message at the hospital, or I can't remember if they had cell phones, you know, they were using at that point, but, um, and the voice message from John was, don't worry, he's okay, but he's in the hospital. So not, not the message your town. parents want to get. Oh yeah, this is exactly what they want to hear. <laughs> so, but yeah, I was uh, hospitalized pneumonia uh, my freshman year in college. And I didn't have the opportunity to swim. You know, my first home meet that my parents came in to watch for, so it was kind of a disappointment. But uh, you know, health was one of those things that I battled kind of on and off through my you know swimming career. You know, but eventually kind of got it figured out and you know ups and downs. But you know, it's. Uh, I think every time you push your body too far, you kind of learn something and kind of learn for you learn from some of those, you know, kind of, I wouldn't say super serious, but you know, situations that uh, were challenging and were sometimes setbacks. You're nine years younger than I am. I actually talked to your mom on the phone when you were like coming up when you were so young. And I remember you being little at the, at the swim meets. I think you, you know, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but I, I feel like you barely came in at a buck. You know, how tall are you? Six six. Six six. What, what did you weigh when you were competing in high school? Just say like maybe oh, probably, junior. Probably one seventy five to one eighty max. So you were, you, oh. Yeah, yeah. Wow. And by your yeah. freshman year, when you were puppy chow at the University of Michigan, you gotta drop your nickname, buddy. That's uh, Urbanchik <laughs> gave it to you. I mean, does Urbanchik call you puppy chow now? I don't think he still does. There's a handful of people that still do. I went, ran into Eric Wonderlick in the airport in Atlanta, maybe three years ago. And all I hear was puppy chow down the concourse at Atlanta's airport. So it's, uh, there's a handful of people that still call me and it still sticks around a little bit, but, uh, you know, those are some good times and some good memories. I never called you puppy chow. I would never, ever, ever do that to you. I have full respect for you. So here's the reason why I got, I, I turned the heat up to get you on the podcast. I don't know if you know this. I might have told you in an email, but I basically it was a story about you. And then I, I commented that I was bitter about the loss in 96. And then I had, and I had been doing therapy and I was trying to emotionally get over it, but I had no closure. <laughs> and I, and I, did I tell you that in the email? I didn't, but is this, is this some couch time? This is couch time. This is couch, this is couch time. time. This is, couch this is uh, time. so this is, here are my complaints. Six, six, you got a wingspan of like nine feet. Uh, apples to apples, I think that I should have had a two-second head start just, <laughs> just for that race to be fair at the 1996 Olympic trials. That was a, that was a good day for me. So that's, uh, <laughs> that was a good day for me. Very so, diplomatic. Very there diplomatic. A, there was a lot to digest on that day, let me tell you. So, it was a, I, so you know, you know I, who got second? I don't even remember who got second. Ah, Ray Carey. Ray Carey got second. Ray, Ray Carey got second. I was second. third. I, I got pushed off the Olympic team. But it was a, it was a, oh, you know what? I was extremely happy to see you win and more, and more, more excited that you medaled at your first Olympics. Yes. Meddling at your first Olympics, youngest guy on the team. That is, a lot of people go to their first Olympics. It's a pancake Olympics. 
And, you know, I was watching, I was on the couch. No, I wasn't on the couch. I was working for ESPN at the time. But I mean, like I watched your event with excitement. How did you pull that off? How did you handle the stress of your first Olympics and medal? You know, I think a lot of it was, you know, obviously who I was swimming for, John Banachek, you know, has the ability to kind of keep things in perspective, but keep it fun. But if you look at the group of guys that I was training with at the time, you know, just kind of watching them and feeding off of them, you had Dolan and Namesnick, Wonderlick, Carlton Bruner, um, Gustavo Borges, Marcel Woda, um, you know, if you can't, you know, pick those guys' brains and learn from them and watch a little bit how they handle the situations, you know, you're probably never going to succeed at that level. But, you know, I really attribute to John. I attribute to those guys. And obviously, you know, the veterans on the Olympic team at that time helped. But I think that core group of guys that I was training with and John definitely kind of set me up to be able to handle that moment. How many guys, uh, how, many, how, many, how many Michigan swimmers made – Olympic teams in 96? Gosh. Um, well, Michigan's lots between Michigan swimmers and people training there. You know, I think uh, a couple people swimming for Daria was swimming for Turkey. You know, it was, it was a big collection of people coming out of Ann Arbor that year. So you yeah. felt, you felt like you were, you were supported. You had some, you had some familiar faces with you. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, Nate Snick had been there in 92, you know, I'm sure you obviously remember that you guys were on the team together in 92 and I was a, that was a good year for you. So it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it was tough not to learn from those guys and they were, they were great with me. You know, they took me under my wing and helped me through training camp and helped me prepare for the games and how to manage everything that was going on. It's, where were you at trials at the 150? Um, where did you, where, where, cause you, 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 you're a back half guy. Definitely. So, you know, probably the same spot I was at the Olympics, you know, I was sixth, probably, I think I was seventh at the first wall in the Olympics and there was probably maybe sixth in trials too. So it was probably, I think it was six, four, three, well, first in trials, second in the Olympics or second Olympics. So, so it was, yeah. According to myth and legend, you were you turned sixth at the 150, and not, and and I couldn't remember. I was trying to go back and see the race, but you turned sixth at the 150 in, in Atlanta. Be. Yeah, it was. I was back there ways. <laughs> so but I think there was a lot of people. What was that? Totally, totally comfortable at sixth at the 150. You know, it's yeah. If I remember right, but you know, kind of a lot of those races, you don't remember all the details of it. It's just you know your body kind of taking over and you know trying to make sure your mind doesn't get in the way. You know, I think that's it was part of the training too. You know, John had had us well trained, you know, for that and well trained to swim like that. So we're, we're, we're going to have '84 was a special moment. Atlanta special moment was in the United States. Well, I expect twenty. I expect the 2028 Olympics when it gets back to Los Angeles to be pretty cool. Um, what was Atlanta like? You know, what's it like? You know, competing on U.S. soil and and winning. You know, I would, I would agree. You know, it's people ask me, which is my favorite Olympics? And they're all kind of tough to, you know, sort out because they all had super special things. I think if you look at um, Sydney, obviously I won in Sydney, super special gold medal, you know, um, Olympic record. Awesome. You go to Atlanta or, I mean, you go to Athens back to, you know, where the modern Olympic game started, obviously a ton of Olympic history there. Um, very special, you know, to be back there. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, swimming in Atlanta, even though it was silver, you know, as opposed to gold, I think it was probably my favorite Olympics just to swim at home, you know, with that hometown crowd with, you know, I probably had 25, 30 family and friend that made the journey, you know, down there, high school buddies um, who made the journey down there. You know, it was, 
it was my first, it was at home. It was, it was super, super special. Um, so, you know, it was, it was tough to trade that, you know, for anything, you know, going to opening ceremonies, it's the only opening ceremonies I went to, you know, to walk in, you know, with the whole USA delegation to walk in last into the stadium there in Atlanta was, you know, still probably one of the most special experiences of my life. Uh, I mean, as a rule, typically swimmers don't walk in the opening ceremonies. Yeah, it was tough. I, I totally, you know, we went back and forth and, you know, I think if John had the final say, he would have said, don't do it. You know, it's, it was hot in Atlanta, you know, in July, it was going to be a eight, 10 hour day, you know, swimming is obviously starts right away the next day. I think swimmer butterfly was third and fourth day. So it wasn't the next day, but it's early on still, but you know, you never know if you're gonna have the chance to go back to the Olympics. You never, you know, you're probably never going to have a chance to swim in your home country again. So I think that's kind of why I weighed those two things and made a decision to walk and I don't regret it. Yeah, and, and for people listening that, that that aren't inside the bubble, walking in the opening ceremonies, it's yes, ten hours, but it's you're in full dress, yep. and it's not comfortable. No one's no one's no, no one's giving you a back massage or putting on a little chair for you. You're standing there, and it takes a lot out of you. But it's uh, it's and then there's also the energy of what it is. I mean, you're walking out, and you know, hundreds of millions of people are going to see you. There's a lot of it, fanfare. I never walked in an Olympics really surprised to hear that you did it in the first one yeah uh, yeah I'm jealous <laughs> you know if it was you know in sydney it was my first one i don't think i probably would have done it but i think it was being at home that was just too much to pass up so but yeah i remember i remember being tired i remember we were in one of the stadiums and there was a transition over to the next stadium where the ceremonies was and it came down a ramp and everybody was running I'm like ah, i'm gonna break my ankle here and i didn't get to swim you know <laughs> but uh it was it was a fun night Post eight, uh, so ninety six to two thousand. Not a straight line for you. Um, I, I would, you know, and, and, and going back and digging into your into your history, uh, I was I would expected I would expected you to, to come off a silver medal and, and be really really dominant. Uh, you know, what was it like for you between ninety seven and two thousand? It was tough. You know, it was it was probably a good way to you know sum it up. You know, I think I came back in silver medal. You know, I should dominate a college. You know, swimming, and I I didn't. Obviously, you know, yards versus meters. I was definitely a better yard swimmer than a meter swimmer, but you know, still silver medal, you should be able to figure this out and win. And I never won an individual NCAA championship in four years. So I got a silver medal, you know, between my freshman and sophomore year, but I still can't win an NCAA championship individually. So it's you know, it was frustrating. There was ups and downs, you know, some more stickness in there, you know. I think uh and I don't, I wouldn't say I got distracted, but, you know, I started swimming, you know, 200 free, 500 free, you know, swam 200 free, you know, world champs in 98, I think. So, you know, I started doing some other things and I wouldn't say I got away from my roots, but maybe got distracted a little bit trying to do maybe too many things. Um, but, you know, obviously at the end of that college career, you know, it was focused on one thing and that was 200 butterfly, and, you know, the Sydney Olympics. I I was by that time I'm old, I'm out of it. And, uh, and then everybody started wearing a different suit and, and the idea of putting something up over your shoulders, like this is so foreign to me, but you made that transition. When did you go to the suit that came up over your shoulders? Full body suit. 
Yeah, and I think I made that transition obviously in the summer of 2000. You know, and I would agree it was not something that I was dying to do. And you know, I was working with Speedo, and you know, they were helping pay the bills. You know, at that point, just coming out of college. So, but I was, I would say, I was reluctant to wear the suit. I would say my body type was not comfortable in the suit. Um, butterfly, I would say, was not a stroke that was designed for the suit. And I think Speedo really wanted me to wear the suit. So um, we kind of went back and forth and round and round. And eventually they agreed to make, you know, the suit that I was going to wear somewhat custom. So I did not wear off the shelf suit. They were able to at least make a suit that was a little bit more comfortable for somebody that's six, six, super skinny. Um, you know, and I'm just the opposite of Phelps. My height is all my legs, not my torso. So it was, it needed something special. And eventually they got a suit and they agreed to make it going forward. And, uh, you know, I think this, you know, I kind of fell in love with the suit after we got it right. It's, uh, I tried one on when I was 40. You're 43 now, right? Uh, yeah, almost 44. Wow. You're getting, you're getting old. Uh, get, getting you're getting up old. There. You look good though. Yeah, got a little bit of gray hair. I'm going to stay back from the camera, but a little bit. Right. Of <laughs> are you, are you, what are you doing to stay fit? Are you swimming? Are you, are you doing yoga? What are you doing? No, I'm, you know, obviously with, I was going to the gym quite a bit. So my kids would have um, started to swim a little bit. You know, I don't think it's going to be their calling, but they got a little bit more serious this year and uh, we're swimming at the Bellevue club and uh, it kind of worked out. So I would get there four or five times a week and my wife would drop them off and I would take them up and started getting the gym quite a bit. So I was getting in some weightlifting cardio and then obviously COVID kind of shut that down and uh, I got back on my bike. So I've been probably out of the road, probably four to six times a week, depending on schedule. You know, I'm not going crazy, but uh, getting in 100, 150 miles a week. So it's, uh, yeah, I was one of the few people that lost about five to seven pounds during COVID. <laughs> so What I expect, I expect you to, to, to drill down and, and get more fit while everybody laid on the couch. That's, yeah. that, that's typical Tom Mauchow. But, but swimming is swimming's not been one of those things that I've really gone back to. You know, I think uh, I've checked that box. It's been kind of fun to see my kids kind of start to dabble a little bit, but uh, we're throwing a lot of stuff at them and kind of letting them figure it out. A lot of people don't swim because they, they feel like if they get, they're in the water, they've got to work. And uh, one of our peers, Rowdy, Rowdy Gaines, said, he always told me, he goes, Mel, do your workout in the gym, do your workout with whatever you do, but um, get in and warm up it'll change your brain chemistry. Uh, do, do you feel like a pressure? Like if you're in the pool, do you feel like, oh, I got to work? This isn't going to work. I got to do, I got to go harder and this is too much. Yeah. I think it's a little bit of that, but you know, and the first time I get in the pool, I feel great. You know, I get in with that mindset where I'm going to go 1500. God, this feels awesome. The second and third time you get in, it feels horrible. And I was like, I'm done with this at this point. I'm going to do something else. You know, I started some masters a little bit, uh, probably 11, 12 years ago. And some days I would get there and talk to everybody in the deck and socialize and go sit in the hot tub and go home. It's just, it was just not what I was ready to do yet. And it's just, it wasn't fun to be in the water. It was fun to socialize and it was fun to hang out, but it was just. You swam masters? Really, you swam masters? I did for a little while. You swam, so I, it's, first of all, you swam masters, but the, the experience that you had, it feels, this is my theory, hearing you say that, that you'd show up and talk to everybody and get in the hot tub. You wanted to live the life of a sprinter. <laughs> <laughs> you want to live the life of a sprinter you want to show up socialize get in the hot tub and go ah, that's my day yeah i don't really even know if i knew what the life of a sprinter was till you know i started making international trips because at michigan you know even the sprinters went you know five or six thousand a day gustavo burgess will tell you he was you know he was a sprinter at michigan and he still went 
pretty big yardage. So yeah, I didn't know what a life of a sprinter was till we got to uh, you know, some of those international trips and saw those guys come in and stretch for 20 minutes and swim for 10 and stretch for 20 and call it a day. It's like seeing an alien from another world. It, it, just does, it, it never made sense for me. No, I, I agree. So. And, 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 I, and, I, and I should say this, uh, in, in like when you were young and, and you were developing, you were coming on really fast on your trajectory to where you kicked my butt in 96. Um, probably your biggest issue developing was that you worked too hard. You probably, because you went through like a two year period where you didn't, like you, had, you had a year where you didn't do personal best times. And I was, and I was talking to your mom and I'm like, I figured out, I'm like, he's working too hard. I think I probably started to work too hard in college for sure. You yeah. know, John used to call me a masochist. You know, I think that was part of the reason why I was sick all the time. I'd push my body too far. So I kind of at least was smart enough to kind of listen a little bit more. But I think growing up, I didn't work all that hard. I think that was part of the reason why I was able to swim through three Olympic cycles and knock on wood, never had any injury problems till right at the end. Um, but you know, I came from, you know, super kind of, I wouldn't say modest, but coaches that were very conservative and weren't going to, you know, push me super hard, you know, through those, you know, the first part of my swimming career. It's, uh, well, I just, I have to say this, the, the 200 Butterfly Club okay. is a great club and we're going to pick this narrative back up. I'm going to go 2000 to 2004, but this has to be said at some point. So I don't forget it. 200 Butterflies are better than everybody else. They're the greatest. <laughs> 50 freestyle, 100 freestyle. If you're swimming those other events, I'm sorry. You might not like me, but I just, I just want to say 200 butterfly. Nobody even cares about it. They just want to see 200 fly. And I just want to know if you agree with me, Tom. I want I, you to I, go on the record. I'm not going to disagree with you on that one. That is a very well-made point. <laughs> of course it is. I'm so glad we covered that. That's, that's actually really the reason why I want to get on. I just wanted to have some sort of, of a coherent group of folks all agreeing Two hundred flies, the greatest. Oh, after the two, most important thing in, the, in that thirty minutes, right there. The uh, you know, after you win an Olympic gold medal, it's um, things change. Your brain chemistry changes. Life is different, and and I would say that moving toward the next Olympics is uh, it's tough. Uh, I don't. And that was my experience, obviously, because four years later, I got third at trials. You were successful in in many ways, and from 2000 to 2004 and you were living and breathing in the, you were watching the greatest athlete of all time, Michael Phelps, your work, you were in parallel with him, racing him. Um, what was that like? Yeah, it was all kind of, you know, obviously the world one, you know, you go from a silver to a gold, which is exactly what I wanted to do. It was, you know, four years of trying to, you know, figure out how I was going to do that. And there was, like you mentioned before, there was, you know, definitely some, points along the way that were not going in the right direction, but got to figure it out, you know, made the team, got the gold medal, but yeah, now it's becomes the ability, you know, to, to try to do that again. And things change, you know, pretty quickly within six months of the Olympics, Phelps had beat me. And not only did he beat me at the nationals, he took my world record away from me right next to me. So it was, you know, I was put on notice that this next four years was going to be different. So, and he made that very clear, you know, that was, I still remember that that was down in Texas in 2001 in nationals. And it was, uh, you know, it was definitely a wake up call. Everybody knew he was going to be good. You could see in his eyes that he was going to be good. I don't think anybody knew he was going to be that good that quickly after the Olympics. So yeah, yeah, so if, if I had like gone back in time and said, Hey Tom, just so you know, this guy's going to pick up 28 medals. Yeah. And so kick his butt now, do it now. <laughs> 
Um, you know, I thought I'd come up with something polite and said, yeah, he's good. And he's definitely coming along. And, you know, I expect big things from him over the next four years. I probably wouldn't have said, yeah, he's going to win 28 gold medals and he's not going to take my wall record in six months. But yeah, sure enough, he did. He was still such a, I mean, he was a child. He looked at his face and he had the face of a, just a baby. And uh, I mean, I was around and, it, and it's, uh, it's, that had to be unique, interest, that had to be an interesting situation. But um, you, you, you made him work for it. You came back and beat him the next year, didn't you? I, uh, I don't know if it was the next year or the following year, but yeah, I remember I only beat him once or twice over the next four years. It was, I should remember it because there were very few opportunities. So, but I, I did beat him at Pan Pax. Uh, I think he was first, I was first, I think he was second or third there, but I think, you know, if there's going to be an asterisk next to that, it was going to be like after his 27th event and it was, you know, my one event. So, but, you know, <laughs> um, Bob did not let Michael uh, ever just sit around. Mike, Bob always made Michael swim tons and tons of events and it obviously it worked. So it did, it did, it did work. What, so yeah, that's a long Olympic career. You know, it's a three Olympics. Uh, you pick up your gold medal, you're captain in 2004. Um, but what was going on with your shoulder? What was going on with your rotator cuff? And when did, when did, when did you notice it? See, you know, it's, it's weird. I've, um, you know, I've been asked, you know, that question in different ways. And, you know, everybody said, you know, do you remember the one single time that your shoulder started hurting? And I don't. Did you ever have pain? No. Did, you know, my performance at the Olympic trials indicate that there was something wrong? Yes. So, and I think that was, kind of the first time when somebody said, hey, let's take a little bit deeper look at that. I remember um, Dr. Rodeo um, taking me on the side of the deck after the team just kind of looked at me and took me through a few different tests. And he said, eh, I got to go back to New York and I'm going to catch up with the team later, but I'm going to send you just to see my partner. I think he already knew what was going on, but he said, I'm going to send you to my partner here in San Francisco um, and do an MRI. And sure enough, my shoulder was... <laughs> I don't want to use the word destroyed, but uh, it had pretty significant damage. So, and I think, I think Rodney was surprised that he even made the Olympic team. He's like, I'm not sure how you made the Olympic team. Um, but, you know, he said, you made the Olympic team. You're not in pain. You know, I think you, you know, should go and compete. So, yeah, because it did cross my mind, you know, you know, should somebody else go? You know, is this injury that bad that I shouldn't even be competing or being part of this team? But, you know, it's, I kind of wrestled with that question, but I made the team. You know, and yeah, if I've earned the spot, I think I should go. If there was less, there was some pain or I'm going to do significant damage. Having the experience to, of being team captain, that's something I never, that, that I did not, I, I did not get that honor. My, my, our team captain was, it was always Tom Jager or Mappiandi or Maybe. both. But uh, I think it's pretty special to, to, to have gone to three Olympics, one gold and to be a team captain. How meaningful was that? for you in 2004 it was you know it was special you know obviously you know i think people voted me captain after they also knew that my shoulder was hurt you know I don't, and i don't think it was a charity vote i think it was you know maybe you're not gonna be able to contribute as much as you want to the pool but you're gonna be able to contribute out of the pool you bend it to olympics you know you've got the silver you got a gold you know all this works and you know i think uh you know it was it was obviously a great way to end my career i didn't end you know my career the way i wanted to in the water, you know, swimming the 200 butterfly, but, you know, to be part of that team, to be captain, to be there with Phelps, to see all those different things that we were doing. Um, it, it was a great way to end a career that wasn't going to end on a positive note in the pool for me. I'll trade you, buddy, because the way I ended my career was with you beating me. 
I'll trade. I'll trade you. I'll trade you straight up because so. you could have ended it in Indianapolis, you know, and you just go sit in the diving well and cry. But uh, I think I think going to your third Olympic Games and being a captain suits you and is a crowning achievement, and it's it's pretty cool. makes makes yeah. all the sense in the world to me. So, absolutely, it was. It's it, it's up there for sure. Okay, now. We're going to hit you with something and you're not prepared for it, but I don't care. You're going to be under the spotlight and you have to do this. You've got to give me your best rowdy gains. Here's the deal. We're going to nerd it up. In terms of you have to have watched some fly on the international stage since you've retired. And how, what, what have you seen in terms of the evolution of butterfly? What, what changes did you see? And you went, wow, I wish I had known that ahead of time. Well, I don't know if I wish I would have known that ahead of time. I, just, I think I wish that, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I got out of it. And part of it is the, uh, you know, the, the underwater. You know, that was definitely not, uh, you know, my strongest suit. But to watch these guys going 15 meters underwater, coming off that third wall, fourth, the third wall, it, it's impressive. So it's, it, it's uh, I was gone for so long and I came back. And I was, what really blew my head was, was Hunter Fly. I just, that's something, here's the thing. You don't understand hunter fly. You, you could sit here and fake it and tell me you do, but you don't. What was your best hunter butterfly? God, 49 maybe. No, no, no. Oh. 100 meter butterfly? Oh, 100 meter butterfly. Your, your best hunter, your personal best hunter meter butterfly. I don't even remember. You don't even know. No. My guess, what did you go out in the 200 fly? What was your, what were you out in at the 100, the 100 meters? Right 55 56 that, that was gonna be my guess but i, I don't know yeah That'd be my, my, guess. My, my guess is that's what you are on the way out my if i if i was a betting man i'm like yeah, you know i don't have these metrics in front of me i gotta guess you might be a second faster if you swam 100 fly alone <laughs> I mean, maybe not far off maybe maybe maybe, maybe. that's that's that but it's it's uh it's a hard gear but in the 100 so all of that's a build up to say this. I remember talking to Marsh and being like, what are they doing in hundred fly? He goes, it's flatter and they're just turning over more. Basically they're, they're a lot stronger than you are. And, uh, you'll just never know what that's like, Mel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, the weight room and I, you know, I was in the weight room a ton. I never saw a ton of gain from it as far as putting weight on, but I think I got stronger, but my body never changed. <laughs> um, did I call you after the, after Myloff did the Christoph did the 150 200 meter butterfly, did I send you a message? I might have just sent Davis Tallrider. I can't remember. I think the exact message was well, you I just found out that your either. that your uh, colorful metaphor slow, and the response was, "Hey, I just figured out that your colorful metaphor slow." <laughs> And I, I thought, I thought that I'd sent you that message because I saw that swing. He went 150, 200 meter butterfly. And I was like, whoa, this is different. This is breathing rare air. Yeah, it's five seconds faster than I went. Is it's hard to comprehend that over? You know, what is that? 16 years, 17 years. When do you do that? Well, this, uh, yeah, it's, it's. Let's see here. You went 150, 200 fly. That how many years later is that? 16 years later. Yeah. 16 years later. Oh. I'm mean, 15 years later, but it's a, um, this is my theory. My theory is that if you're, if your speedo, your fangled speedo suit had had compression, you probably would have gone 149. That's my theory. <laughs> I'm not going to argue. I'm going to, I'm just going to go with it. You're, you're going to roll with it. You're going to roll accept, it. I'm going to set that as fact. So this, mm. this is, this is how you roll it out. 
imagine going, you, you swam free, you know what, you know what free is about. Yeah. You, you, I, I did it too. I, I, I was on the national team in the four by two. Imagine going 200 meter freestyle and doing open turns. How fast would you go with open turns? Could you go 150 with open turns? No. 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 Insane. Insane. No, not even close. Not even, not even close. Is there, is there anything that you've been seeing in swimming there that excites you? Anybody that you've watched and like, you know what? I, I know what it's like to be an Olympic peer and be, and be retired, but you know, do you stop in like, I got to see this. I want to, I want to see what this is about. You know, I think, you know, if I'm still watching, still, I'm still obviously, you know, watching, you know, some of the older guys, it's still fun to watch Nathan, uh, for sure. You know, obviously, you know, he's a sprinter, which is obviously not my cup of tea, but you know, I'm living up in the Northwest now and seeing somebody who's been able to stay around that long. It's, it's fun to watch, you know, somebody like, you know, Nathan for sure. So it was fun to see Anthony Urban come back. So, um, I saw <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it's some of those kind of uh, obviously anytime Phelps was swimming, it was fun to tune in for that too. But uh, um, yeah, I still watch the Twitter butterfly for sure. You can't help not be interested in what they're doing and watching that progression. So I watched trials in '16, and I and I and I you watch the times, and you're going, where would I have placed in 2016? I think 2016, you still would have made the Olympic team. Mm. It was a 155.91 was second. Second, I would have made it then. You would have made it. I would have made, made it too, buddy. I would have made it. <laughs> so I, I think that, I, but I, I do think that's a testament to how, 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 how hard you worked and what you did and, and how great of a swimmer you were. Um, as I'm talking to you right now, there's a thunderstorm rolling through Austin, Texas, and it's, it just like became black as night. But uh, is, there, is there anything about your career that stands out? Any, any moment that sort of like the thumbnail image in your head? And it's like, you know, this is, this is what I appreciate about, appreciate about swimming. And this is something that you're like, this is what I love. Um, wow. That's a, that's a tough question. It's tough it's to put question. you know, one it's a big question. It is, you know, it's tough to put one moment, you know, some people would go to the Olympic gold medal. That's the easy one, you know, or the world record. Um, you know, some people would go, you know, I think where I first, I guess, kind of, you know, you started to make, some inroads on the, or, you know, get some attention with my first Olympic, no, my first national team. Um, and you were probably, you were probably swimming. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if you were there. That was 92 in Mission Viejo right after the Olympics. So I remember Uber was there, handful of people were there, um, first nationals. And I think I was leading at the 150, just pure excitement. That was, you know, that's when I was not a back half swimmer when I hadn't figured it out. I was a front half swimmer and that didn't always work well for the 200 fly, but I remember, uh, you know, John coming up to me, you know, it was three years before I was going to be in college, you know, and came up to me and, you know, it was like, he was impressed. You know, I was, that was a, that was a solid 150. I just need to learn how to swim that, you know, second of that last 50. So that was kind of one of those kind of aha moments that, you know, I was, you know, coming onto the scene and, you know, maybe had what it take to compete at that level. Um, you know, I think, uh, if you look at Athens, obviously not how I wanted to perform in the career, but the ability to be there with my shoulders in bad shape as it was, you know, I would say that was probably one of the most impressive swims in my career. So, it, you know, oh, I was. Oh, yeah. I can't believe you didn't talk about that before. So, yeah, you swam injured. I did. And, um, and that, yes, that's heroic. Very courageous moment. Yeah, that was, you know, I think I was eighth, seventh or eighth at that, you know, at Athens. And, you know, it's not how you want to go out. But I think as far as, you know, some of the toughest races in my career mentally and physically, that was it for sure. Did, 
you made it to the big show. You you make it to an Olympic final, it's a big deal. Yeah, so it's a big deal. I'll I'll give you I'll give you. Uh, we're down to just under four minutes, but let me just say. So, do you have a moment in your in your in your childhood that's um? When I was thirteen, I won Open the North Carolina State Open in the eight hundred meter freestyle. I beat all the eighteen year olds and over, and that was like a big moment. I went, wow. I could do this. I could be great at this. When was that moment for you when you were younger and you were like, wow, I could really be great at this. Yeah. See, I don't think I had that one moment in my career. I think, you know, my career was just kind of a natural progression of getting better and better, you know, discovering things about, you know, different races and, you know, all of a sudden you're swimming four or five events and you're winning most of those events and, you know, you're going to the zone meets and then you're doing well at state and then junior nationals, I remember my first internationals down in uh, Texas, down in, I think we're in City of Richardson, down there. You know, my parents didn't even go with me, you know, sent me down to the team, and all of a sudden I win junior nationals just kind of out of the blue. It was just, you know, kind of this great progression along the way where, you know, I kept getting a little taste of, you know, the next level, and I was like, ah, oh, this is awesome. I'm really enjoying this. And it just kind of, it just kind of built on along there. My, I think my entire career was that way just kind of a gradual building and enjoying it and learning from, you know, each time I won, but also each time I lost. Which is, which is the reason why we love swimming because everybody goes through the same shoot and uh, yeah, it, it is a gradual progression. In, in terms of, in terms of our sport and <clears throat> all the 200 butterflies, you know, who, who's the coolest, who's the coolest 200 butterfly that you know? Oh, without a doubt, Mel Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just loading i'm loading it up because we got two minutes left and i'm just trying to suck all the wind out of this but the uh i i'm just i have to say i'm so excited to see you and you look so good you don't look you, you don't look any different well it's not just because we're doing this interview though but you know really you are probably the first 200 butterfly that i remember watching in barcelona that was you oh. know that started my that was my point in my career when you know i was starting to become a little bit more in the international scene and junior national team and you know you were the tour butterflyer at that point at that point that was not, long, just, <laughs> not just in the u.s but around the world you know so a long long time ago but the cool thing about you and as we're closing it out i'm going to close it out and i'll say this i think that in in terms of somebody having a piece of history as particularly in this sacred event the tuna butterfly i think that you have this special asterisk because you you swam through 96 and into 2004 when I think the media-wise swimming really came to prominence. And I think that's a special moment. And you better come back on the podcast when we ask you. Absolutely. It was fun, it was fun to catch up. So, and uh, hopefully our paths across in person, maybe at trials. I was planning on going to trials this year. So, but uh, hopefully next summer I'll be there to, to watch and to catch up. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.